In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have been uh, in the lectionary going through the epistle of St. Paul to the Romans, and we are getting to the end of the epistle. And I know I've plugged multiple times the study that we just did. I'm going to do it one more time. The recordings are available online. It is uh, Reed Davis facilitating it, where we basically do, uh, we read, really, uh, highlights, uh, we'll say, the theological and uh, pastoral way in which John Chrysostom uh, reads Paul in Romans. So if you want to get the, the second half of Chrysostom's sermons, you'll have to go back and read that for yourself, where he makes all sorts of applications and we would say rabbit trails, uh, but we call them fully rabbit trails. Uh, but you can tell, you get to a certain point in Chrysostom, you know that he's about to make a turn and start going for, how shall I say that, the heart of the matter, the matters that are happening in his church at the time. But we see and have seen as we, uh, a week or two ago, so much stuff has already gone in and out of my brain, but when we looked at Romans 8 as a kind of one of those high places in Scripture, be able to see uh, the lay of the land and the rest of the story of God, when we come to the end of Paul's letters, whether it's Romans or other. Uh, we start getting miscellanea. This is how they wrote letters. So you start getting, uh, please tell such and such this, and do this, please, and you know, bring me my books, and uh, I left my sweater, and, and such and such, and you know, all of those kind of things. Tell hello to this person, and please. All of these little glimpses into the day-to-day, the relationships that Paul had developed, and prayed for, that he had shown, as Chrysostom especially throughout his homilies on Romans, elevates the heart of Paul, because he doesn't read Paul as a great systematic theologian, not that Paul is in any way not an incredible theologian, but that he has at his heart, his aim, his purpose throughout, especially the book of Romans, the salvation of God's people. We can see the apostolic heart, especially as we commemorate this evening going into tomorrow, with St. Mary Magdalene, equal to the apostles, uh, what apostolic work is. And it is something that's not just uh, incumbent upon someone who has been uh, put before the altar and had hands laid on them. Mary Magdalene did not have this. She was equal to the apostles, as there were many women and men throughout Christian history, but we can see in Paul what it means to pastor in a particular way, in the heart that we should all look for. We are in Romans 15 in the lectionary, and we're getting towards the end where he starts making some of the asides, he goes to the chapter left, and he says, uh, towards the end, as he's telling them the journeys that he's going to be going on. He has now gathered money from throughout Greece, uh, Asia Minor, what we would call Asia Minor, Turkey today, and he is bringing it to Jerusalem. But then he wants to go to Spain because he knows that his route is not done. And he, in getting to Spain, of course, is going to have a layover in Rome. And this maybe surprises you, but 
when Paul writes the letter to the Romans, he doesn't really know anybody there. So his writing this is already, can you imagine getting a letter like Romans? <laughs> and the person that you've heard about and suddenly he's addressing you and saying, hey, I hear there's trouble. Uh, let me start, and then you start going, like, okay, he's, he's going to keep going. Okay, I, I guess I need to really pay attention to this. This is Paul. We've heard about him. But he has, and he states, such a great desire to come to them that he hopes in his staying there for a moment in Rome that he could enjoy their company. It is a blessed thing to be a part of the body of Christ. It is a blessed thing to be able to love and to have within your heart purpose, prayer, a longing to actually be with the brethren, even if you have not known them, but to know that you will find a brother, a sister, someone that you can be consoled by, that you may also be able to contribute to consolation, to help, that in being brought into the body of Christ, there is, as Paul in the book of Romans is always dealing with, uh, a great kind of divide and problems that he wants, even in the midst that he knows he's walking into a situation, he still desires their presence to enjoy their company. And Chrysostom throughout his homilies to the Romans is always talking about how Paul likes to say things in particular ways. It's not that Paul is just kind of saying things, but Paul is saying things in a way to be able to say, I know that you're worried about this, but he doesn't say that, but he then presents to them, you know, you have given to the Jews that were having the conflict with the Gentiles, how exactly do we figure this out, and how exactly is this all supposed to work, because we're, this is all new to us, that Paul will encourage them, he will talk about their strengths. He's not afraid also to talk about their weaknesses. He usually makes sure that he says the strength first. <laughs> but he will point to things, but he doesn't just point to things and say, this is a problem, he says, here's something, and this is where we're going to be moving together towards the integration of Gentile and Jew. Because all along, this is what God has been doing since Abraham and his faith. And if you read the prophets, you can see this. He anticipates the counter, and he responds to that without them having to even respond. He will uh, take what he can see as the obvious criticism, and then he will coax it along to make sure that, while it might be something pointing at a wound or a sore spot, he's actually trying to heal it. He then mentions, as I mentioned just a moment ago, about his journey to Jerusalem before he heads to Spain and to Rome to minister to the saints there, for it pleased those from Macedonia and Achaia to make certain contributions for the poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem. It pleased them indeed, and they are their debtors. For if the Gentiles have been partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister to them. 
and material things. You could think this is Paul just kind of updating them, right? I'm in passing, I'm going to this place and we're going to help them. You know, this is a good thing for us to do. But this is sly of Paul. <laughs> Paul is telling them about the bounty of the harvest of the Gentiles who have become Christians. This is the core of the problem in Rome. And he's saying, look, they have produced fruit. They are not thinking of themselves better or somehow elite or somehow separated from, uh, that they like, kick the ladder from, out, from underneath of them. These people who have never met these Christians, these uh, Jews who have become believers in Christ, they've given money. And we know the American adage, right? Like, money talks. Like, there's something obvious in the fruit that they are giving. So that Paul is again saying, look at the fruit of the gospel and what it does in transforming people. Where there's been division, where there has been problems, when the gospel arrives, when Christ brings them together, there is fruit. Now, there's here too the spiritual elevated over the material, but connected, right? It is absolutely primary for the spiritual, the salvation that is one of Jesus Christ, but it's always connected to the material of what has actually been brought forth in that blessing, the spiritual blessing from Christ. And this is a temptation, I think, uh, to go back to the first point of loving of the fellowship of the brethren. In some ways, it can be really easy to like certain people, and you really like coffee hour, you really like to be able to talk about the game last night, or all these things, and it becomes easy for that material, those things, to come up and dominate. While Paul sees the correct relationship between the spiritual and the physical, let us be reminded that the unity, the purpose, this is not to denigrate talking about football at some point at coffee hour, that's not the point, but that there is always a priority in what we're here for. The worship of God, the helping, consoling, edification of each other, the joy of being with each other, that Paul so eloquently not only writes, preaches about, but himself embodies. So as we come to the end of the book of Romans in our lectionary reading, let us uh, keep with the text and where the church brings us. Uh, there are many lessons, many things to draw forth from Holy Scripture that guide our lives, that we need, and God speaks in that place to things that we may not even think that we need. But then you open up scripture and there it is. God saying, hello, <laughs> I see what you're struggling with. I know the wound that you have. Let Christ in to heal those divisions, to give you hope, to increase your faith, and God willing, make your love bountiful. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.